Well, as you can probably guess, um, I decided to talk about Thanksgiving this morning, or being thankful. Um, I'm not sure how the world thinks sometimes. Maybe I think uh, i got to be careful myself. Now that Thanksgiving's over, I can go back to being ungrateful, right? And miserable or whatever it is. It's like we take a certain time out, the holidays, when Christmas is here, everybody's happy, and then once that's over, everybody goes back to the way they were. But Thanksgiving's not just one day a year that we're supposed to be thankful, obviously. We need to be a thankful people all the time. So I kind of titled this little thought that I have as, how, thought, how thankful should we be? Ever thought about that? How thankful you're supposed to be and why? It's not really how can we be thankful, but it's rather how should we determine how thankful we should be. What's going to be our gauge as to how thankful we should really be? I guess you've heard at some point or another that they say, the poorest 1% of people who live in the United States are richer than 99% of the rest of the world. That's an amazing statistic. Whoever's the very poorest here would be very, very rich anywhere else in this world. So how do we figure out how thankful we should be? Do we compare ourselves to other people and what they have? <laughs> I can't say that I haven't done that at times. I look at other people and how much money they got versus how much I got. You know, would I be a lot more thankful if I was, say, if I won the lottery, if I was uh, Howard Hughes or Donald Trump or somebody else who has billions of dollars? Is my happiness made much smaller by how much they have in that sense? Cars? can't drive down the road and, and not see all the cars that are around you and look at yours and think, hmm, maybe I should upgrade. I can't drive that same. The guy, how does he drive in a Mercedes and I'm, I'm in a Toyota? That doesn't make any sense. That's not, doesn't seem fair. Or does it lessen how happy I am with my car because somebody has one that's better than mine? Uh, your house? You don't live in uh, the Beverly Hillbillies mansion. Maybe you have just a small two, three-bedroom somewhere. How do you compare to your neighbors or the folks who live in Avila? We, do we compare ourselves that way and determine how happy we should be or how thankful we should be according to that? How about by the wife or husband that you have? Uh, not everybody can have a Giovanni or, or a, a Steve Hogan. You know, you, Some of you wives have to have lesser husbands than that. <laughs> Or the husbands that aren't married to, I don't know, Raquel Welch, am I dating myself in that or whoever it is now? We're thinking about who somebody is. I don't know. How many of y'all remember a, 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 an actor called Gil Gerard? He was in, uh, okay, most of you should, Buck Rogers and, and, the, and whatever that was, that was him. At one time, he was married to Connie Selica, who was voted the most beautiful woman in the world in whatever year that was. And they ended up getting divorced a couple of years later because he was cheating on her. He's married to the most beautiful woman in the world, according to everybody else, but he's not satisfied with that. He wasn't thankful. 
or the person that he had. Uh, but your job, do you enjoy your job? Do you look at the other people who are the president of the company and you're the grunt doing all the work and he's getting all the credit? Or are we, do we judge our thankfulness by that? How about your health? I mean, I'm, I'm, sometimes when I see people struggling with their health, it's like automatically in my mind, thank you, God, that my health is good and I'm doing well. But there are other strapping young men like these young men out here in the audience that, hey, I, I got aches and pains and old, man. You don't, <laughs> you don't understand what it's like to be 68 years old. It's a, it's a bummer. Uh, how about joy, peace, love, things you can't put a price on? You judge your thankfulness on those things. The most important thing in this world and the one to come are spiritual. Whether we like it or not, this world is going to pass away, everything in it. And whether we like it or not, we're going to pass away. And as the famous saying goes, you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Can't take it with you. All that money, all that stuff is just here for everybody else to enjoy. So the only thing that we can take out of this life is what we put ahead somewhere else. And that's in God's kingdom. The things that we do here for him gain us, he says, treasures in heaven that one day we can enjoy. In Matthew 6, 20 and 21, Jesus said, Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth destroy, and where thieves don't break in and steal. The last phrase is very telling. He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So if the, the thing that you love more than anything else is in this world, your heart is going to be in this world. But if the things you love more than anything else is Jesus and his kingdom and the things that he desires of us, then your heart is going to be there. We should be immeasurably grateful. We can't even measure how thankful we should be to God for salvation, that he chose us, he was willing to die on a cross for us, he forgives every sin that we've ever committed or ever will commit. They were all paid for on Calvary. Heaven, one day you get to live somewhere beyond your wildest dreams with the one who gave you all of these things. His Holy Spirit, he's given us, that gives us, he didn't just leave us here powerless. He gave us a Holy Spirit to help us live the way he desires for us to live. And to give us a spiritual nature that includes love, joy, peace, patience, all the things that we should want as, as part of our character, his spirit will create in us. We have God's protection over us, probably ways you have no idea. There's the concept that he has his angels watching out for us. We have no idea the things that he's done for us in our lifetime and, and taking care of us and providing for us. So, the more thankful we are for what God has given us and the more we realize how unworthy we are 
of all the blessings that he's given us, the more we will love him. Did you follow that? The more we realize how much we have, we're thankful. And the more we realize, I don't deserve any of this. (laughs) He just gave it to me because he loves me. The more we will love him. It's a great, I want to end with this, a story that Jesus told. He went to a Pharisee's house for a meal. He was invited. So let me read it. This is a great translation, and it makes it a little more readable. One of the Pharisees invited him, Jesus, to take dinner with him. So he came to the Pharisee's house, and he took his place at the table. There was a woman in the town who was a social outcast. That meant she was a prostitute. And when she learned that he was taking dinner at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster bottle of perfume. Alabaster was a very expensive stone that they would carve things out of, like vials to hold perfume. And this perfume was probably a very, very, very expensive perfume, maybe everything this woman's savings had. She took her stand behind him at his feet, continually weeping. Then she began to wet his feet with her tears, but she continued to wipe them off with the hair of her head, and she kept right on kissing his feet with affection and anointing them with the perfume. When the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw it, He said to himself, if this man really were a prophet, he would know who and what kind of woman this is who's clinging to him, that she's a social outcast. Now, you remember Jesus has the ability to hear thoughts and read minds. He's done it very often in the scripture. So he knew what this Pharisee was thinking. And Jesus answered him. He said, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he said, go on and say it. Maybe he thought Jesus was going to congratulate him on the great meal or thank him for being brought in for him. Jesus said this, Two men were in debt to a money lender. One owed him $100 and the other 10 Since neither one of them could pay him, he graciously canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them do you think would love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose whom he canceled the most. Jesus said, you're correct in your judgment. And then he turned face to face with this woman. And he spoke, looking at her, but to Simon. Do you see this woman? I came to your house. You did not give me water for my feet. But she has wept and wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but she from the moment I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet with affection. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, as many as they are, forgiven, for she has loved me so much. But the one who has little to be forgiven loves me little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. 
Two people, one recognized how much she had and how undeserving she was of what she had. This is probably, they think, Mary Magdalene, of, of whom Jesus cast out seven demons. And she was forgiven, and she knew how much she loved, he loved her, and she loved him greatly. But the other thought, you know what? I'm a Pharisee, man. God is lucky to have me. I'm smart. I've studied the Bible. I'm teaching all these people how to be good Christians. I don't have any sin in my life. And said he loved little, if not any at all, Jesus. So the, the, the moral of the story is not about feeling worthless and sinful and putting yourself down. It's about seeing how much you have and realizing that it's all unmerited favor and gifts from God and loving the one who's given it to you. That's the kind of heart that God wants us to have. I want to share a song, too, that um, God gave me about being thankful. I can't believe how blessed I am, how much God's given me. A myriad of things on earth, more in eternity. You think I would be overwhelmed, instead I have the nerve to act like God is giving me the things that I deserve. I need to be grateful, I need to be thankful. I shouldn't assume because he knows my heart, he doesn't need to hear. I need to speak the word out loud so it can be heard. I need to say thank you, my Father. The Bible tells about ten men plagued by leprosy. These outcasts cried to Jesus as he came through Galilee. All were healed and went away, rejoicing as they ran. Only one returned to kneel and thank the Son of Man. They should have been grateful. They should have been thankful. They shouldn't assume because he knows their heart. He doesn't need to hear. They needed to say the word out loud so it could be heard. They needed to say, thank you, our Father. Sometimes things don't go our way and life seems hard to bear. Our thoughts on things we do not have, our hearts weigh down with care. Instead, we should be thinking of our Father's boundless love, rejoicing in His lavish gifts sent down from up above. We need to be grateful. We need to be thankful. We shouldn't assume because He knows our heart. He doesn't need to hear. We need to say the word out loud so it can be heard. We need to say thank you, our Father. We need to be grateful. We need to be thankful. We shouldn't assume because he knows our hearts. He doesn't need to hear. We need to say the word out loud so it can be heard. 
we need to say thank you our father we need to say thank you our father we need to say thank you our father is uh, thank you today's reading is psalm 136 the entire psalm and as you can see when you open it up if you have your bible with you or there's one in the pew is that this is a a call and response uh psalm where i i can imagine uh back in israel way way back then when this was first written that in the in the in the gathering um uh, one person would read out a half the verse and and then and then the the congregation would join in in the refrain which in in my translation is for his loving kindness is everlasting um and that's how we're going to do it today i'm going to read the first part of it and uh if you could uh join me in in the second part where it says for his loving kindness is everlasting now i know in some translations it might be a little different but uh since i'm up here we're going to use mine and uh, so the phrase is for his loving kindness is everlasting give thanks to the lord for he is good for his loving kindness is everlasting give thanks to the god of gods for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who alone does great wonders, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the heavens with skill, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the great lights, for his loving kindness is everlasting. The sun to rule the day, for his loving kindness is everlasting. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and brought Israel out from their midst, for his loving kindness is everlasting, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his loving kindness is everlasting, to him who divided the Red Sea asunder, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and made Israel pass through the midst of it for his loving kindness is everlasting. But he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who smote great kings, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and slew mighty kings, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And Og, king of Bashan, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And gave their land as a heritage, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Even a heritage to Israel his servant, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Who remembered us, in our lowest state, 
for his loving kindness is everlasting and has rescued us from our adversaries for his loving kindness is everlasting who gives food to all flesh for his loving kindness is everlasting give thanks to the god of heaven for his loving kindness is everlasting father god thank you lord that uh, we have a record of your loving kindness uh, through the history of of, uh, of of your creation of the world, Lord, of your rescue of the people of Israel and, and giving, them, giving them a home. Lord, I pray that we can see your loving kindness um, work, through, uh, work through today's, um, today's issues. And, and Lord, that your loving kindness would be, we can see it work through the issues in our families and, and what you are teaching us. Uh, Lord, thank you for giving us this opportunity to worship you in music, uh, in the reading of the word, and the preaching of the same. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, we would uh, we would leave here with uh, with a uh, with a thought of gratitude, Lord, that, that we would ask God to show us um, how He has been good to us. In Your name, we pray. Amen. So I get the privilege of reading the. Uh Thanksgiving um, cards this morning. So the last couple of weeks, uh, each of you or uh, most of you have put together your thoughts on what you're thankful for, and um, we're going to read those to give glory to God and to encourage each other as far as how God's working in our different lives. So I'll just start reading these one by one. Um, I am thankful for Jesus and for all that he did for me, and I'm thankful for my church and I am thankful for my family. I am always thankful for my salvation and for everything God does in my life. I am thankful to a church where I can worship you. I am thankful that God is in control of this world. I am thankful for everything you give me and every day. My life is good because of you. I love you, Lord. I am thankful to the Lord for his constant provision during this challenging year. I am thankful for all my brothers and sisters in Christ and for their prayers and encouragement. I am thankful for God's blessings in my life. I am thankful for everything God does in my life and all that he continues to do. Thank you, Lord. I am thankful for my new job and the opportunities it has presented and being able to leave the toxic environment that I was in. I am thankful for my salvation, for prayer, for God's provisions, for my family, and for this church. I am thankful for being able to worship God and give him thanks for all his blessings, and I am thankful for my family. I am thankful that God is good. I am thankful for, God's, for the Lord's continuous provisions for my church family and his divine direction for our church. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. That's Psalm 27. I am thankful for a good job, for family, for a Bible-based church, for a dry roof over my head, and for plenty of food, and being able to pay my bills. I am thankful that I am blessed and that I can be a blessing to others, for that is very special. I am thankful for the gift of salvation, for a place to live, for this church, for God's provisions for my needs, 
for Christian friends, and for Christian music. I am thankful for the way God works in my life when I live for him. I am thankful for the good things that I've experienced in life as they have outweighed the bad. I am thankful for my family and especially for my wife, who is my best friend. I am thankful for just being alive and not suffering despite conditions which adversely affect my health. I am thankful for my sobriety for alcohol, from alcohol and other addictions. I am thankful for this wonderful church and brothers and sisters who surround me. I see love in every direction I look. I am thankful for the salvation that the Lord Jesus gave to me and that he gave me the honor of putting me to work for his glory. I am thankful for my family, for my church family, and for my friends. I'm counting my many blessings and for having a place to go and hear the word, and for Pastor Steve and for Marcia, who are great examples. I am thankful to my family, for loved ones, for my church family, for always watching over us, for healing my nephews when they were sick and one born premature, for my job, for safety when driving, for keeping my mom safe and well, and for God's love for us for having all the things that we need, even though we don't deserve any of these things, for God's grace and for making a way for me to be able to come again to church on Sunday and to the ladies' Bible study. I am thankful for salvation, for hope in God, for, living a, for having a God who is in control, for God's word, for my brothers and sisters in Christ, for our teachers and for our leaders, Count your blessings, name them one by one. For me, they are too numerous to count, and too narrow it down, one is difficult. As I just look around the world and the places that were once home, being overtaken by the enemy, all I think of is Psalm 40, 1 through 4, that we can still stand together praising and worshiping the Lord who saved us and gave us eternal life. I am forever grateful. Everything else is just icing for his glory. Psalm 40, 1 through 4 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the miry pit and out of the mud and mire. He put my feet on a rock on Jesus and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. I am thankful for my freedom in Christ, for my grandkids, for my job, for the ability to help others, and I am thankful that God has a plan that is perfect. I am thankful for our Heavenly Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ, for the Holy Spirit who is our comforter and helper and who lives in all believers in Jesus. I am thankful for Bethel, and I am thankful for God's word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord, our God, stands forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. I am thankful to God, our Father Jehovah. I am thankful for many things, for life, for waking up each day, for my husband, for my family, and for all the people in the world who are Christians. Psalm 100, also thankful for. What a list, great list. Um, thank you all for...
taking time to do that, very encouraging. And for today's um, benediction, I'm just going to read from the uh, bulletin, uh, Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. And I forgot to do the announcements. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not used to this uh, order here. So just a reminder on a couple quick things. Um, we have uh, Friday, we have a men's meeting at 6.30. Not sure about the uh, Bible study on Wednesday, being that Steve, Steve is sick. Um, or any thoughts on that, Mr. Altman? Or, uh, okay. Yeah, he'll probably call everybody. So Wednesday's possible, Friday men's meeting, and then next Sunday is Christmas Matthew meal. So if you're able to stick around for lunch afterwards um, and able to bring a dish, it'd be great for next Sunday. So keep that in mind. Um, so now we have our last song, and the offering you can uh, give in the box on the back table or mail it in or give online. Thank you. So you can tell we're kind of winging it a little bit here because uh, it's kind of last minute Steve being sick makes things. It's wonder why Bruce was doing the, the uh, benediction before I get to sing my last song, but we'll, we'll just go in peace after we finish singing this. So if you would stand with me for our last song, uh, very much like the, ver the first song that we did. Is talk we, can, we started with singing in our hearts and we'll end with singing in our hearts as we go out. In my heart, there's a, a melody because of Jesus, the sweetest name that I know.